Hey everybody, I'm Abel Baker and I'm here with Adam Renshaw. Hi there. Thank you for joining us again for another exciting one in five podcast. Again, one out of every five Americans live in 97% of America's landmass. We think rural and frontier American healthcare is as unique as its landscape and its people. This is a podcast by the one in five for the one in five. So I want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Uh, you can email us at the one in five podcast at iCloud.com. That's the number one in number five podcast at iCloud.com. And again, our uh, podcast is on Podbean. So if you go to the one in five pod or the one in five dot podbean.com, you'll find us there. We're also on iTunes and Google Podcasts. That's it for my exciting intro. Adam, what's on tap? Well, thanks everyone again for joining us. We're here today. We have a very exciting episode with Eric Schmidt and Ed Gulick from High Plains Architects. Really stoked to have these guys on the show. They're going to share a little bit with us today about who they are and we have some questions for them because they are currently in the process of building a brand new clinic for us it's almost completed um sorry they're not building it they designed it um and some other guys are over there building it right now but we wanted to ask them some questions about the design and we wanted to give you our listener an opportunity to get to know these guys a little bit um so eric uh ed it doesn't matter which one of you starts uh let us tell us who you are introduce yourselves um and let us know a little bit about yourselves and then when you're done uh one of you could one of you let us know a little bit about high planes yeah sure this is eric schmidt I am the project manager for the new clinic in uh, in Harden, and uh, just a little intro to myself is I'm going to move to Billings to work for High Plains from the Seattle area, so really uh, from the urban environment, moving to the rural as part of a uh, an adventure to explore high-performance architecture in an environment where you need high-performance buildings. Nice. That's awesome. I'm from Lake Stevens, so it's nice to oh, have fantastic. nice to have and to hear from somebody over in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, my uh, uh-huh. I've spent time over there too, Eric. I lived in uh, Kirkland for a bit and Redmond for a bit as well, and my parents currently live in Cleelum, so All right. Yeah. Great. Well, Ed, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I I uh I grew up in, in Billings and, um, you know, so I, 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 I knew the place, um, I had, um, went to college in California and, and, uh, graduate school in the East coast and then, uh, in architecture and then, uh, lived back in the West coast for a while, but, but, um, came back to Billings in 2004, uh, because I wanted to be a part of making something happen and didn't want to move back here though until, um, until there was a an opening in the High Plains Architects because uh, 
our, our founding principal and, and who opened it in 1999. So we're just a little over 20 years old now. Wow. Um, he, uh, he started the firm then and, and, uh, I, I didn't want to work for anyone else. Uh, and I guess just a little bit about high plains. Um, we've always, <laughs> uh, Randy's willing to be a, a risk taker. Um, and he just felt like we were not, there, there was a lot of opportunities in our region that just were not being pursued. And so, you know, a lot of our work has been about revitalizing downtowns long before that was, you know, uh, an interest of anyone else uh, in our communities. And, um, and, and along the way, we've, we've, we've had you know, always a real interest in high performance building, green building, um, from from an environmental perspective, but also just from from the perspective of, of people you know, being in places they really like, uh, just having creating uh, environments that that people love, they want to be in, and uh, and also a lot of uh, work on on historic buildings as well, and in, in these uh, communities, and so. Um, we're also working with Bighorn Valley Health Center on a uh, with a historic building in in uh, downtown Lewistown. So that's an aside. So um, just a little bit about uh, High Plains. I don't know. Any other things to add, Eric, or or other questions about us? You know, really, I um, I like going out and talking to students and getting them excited about some of the work that we do out here in Montana because. They have never even considered working in a place that isn't a happening urban center. And so I have to let them know that there's amazing opportunities, uh, especially what we're doing here at High Plains as a premier architecture firm for high-performance green building, historic rehabilitation, adaptive reuse. Um, one of our new adventures here, too, is development work and uh, doing, you know, putting together financing and bringing together local investors from our communities to make um, make things happen in our community in the Montana way, uh, with our own with our own resources and fitting a need for what it is that we need in our community. It's pretty exciting work, and I hope that gets other people excited about what's going on going on here too. Hotbed of of architecture, really. <laughs> That's great. Um, you know, can can I just jump into one of the questions that I had? Because you guys have used this term twice, both you, Ed, and Eric, a high-performance po- high facility. And one of the questions that I had here was, uh, you know, what does that mean? And what does that mean to the community? Yeah, I'll go ahead and, and jump in on that one. When we say high-performance, we're really talking about the energy performance of a building and its efficiency to meet the needs of the building occupants. And we have to build to certain standards and design to certain standards, and those are our baselines. But we recognize that baselines aren't going to be meeting a lot of our uh, higher needs as people, as well as the higher needs of our environment and our global climate. So we design our buildings to be extremely energy efficient, to be water efficient, um, and to be as tailored to the uses of the occupants and the occupants' health as we can, while still allowing flexibility in the building's life cycle and use, meaning it can change and adapt over time without wasting an excessive amount of materials or being material conservationists while constructing the building and through the building's life cycle. 
Yeah. I would say thinking about the material health, so or people's health and the materials that we're using too, where they are um, natural materials, they don't have toxic chemicals uh, coming off of them. Uh, that's that's really what we mean by by high performing. That's awesome. Um, you know. <laughs> You just answered another question in there too that that I had here, and that was what type of health strategies were incorporated into the design. So, so thanks for uh, uh, reading my mind. Um, sure. Or I my. Think no- Ed has a couple other. Yeah, it has some other yeah. on, on that too. Great. Sure. Well, and, and before jumping on, onto that, yeah, because there are certainly considerations we're making in the design process, thinking through, you know, what. What can we do to make this a, a space that people love and 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 but is really healthy for them as well? And so we have a lot of strategies. But before jumping off of um, the high performance design aspect, because they're all, of course, all very related as well. Um, you know, part of that is in the part of, of of creating a high performance building is is um, doing different modeling along the way to figure out. Um, you know, very early in the design process, for instance, Eric has, has done some energy modeling in the project, and, mm-hmm. and so we can see how the building um, will perform, and it would make it certain changes to the design to uh, tweak it to improve the design uh, to make it more energy efficient, or we can just find out what happens when we do some of those things. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, Eric, if you wanted to share with some of the uh, the outcomes of, of some of the, the energy modeling that we've done for the building. Yeah, so... A pretty easy way to explain energy use and um, high-performance nature of a building is to look at something called the uh, energy use index or intensity. It's called, abbreviated as an EUI, like a miles per gallon for a building. You know, if you've got um, low MPG on your car, it's not super efficient. But if you get, uh, you know, like a Prius or something, maybe you get a high MPG, right? It's somewhat... Um, in the inverse on buildings where we want to have a really low energy use index. Um, and so preliminary models for a building that's built to code um, without extra insulation or normal performing windows uh, would have what we would call an EUI of around 54 for the same building of this size. And the way that we designed this building with a high-performing, uh, high-efficiency mechanical system and really good um, enclosure system, walls, and roof, we can get that down to an EUI of around 20, which is fantastic. That's wow. Also, that's greater than a 50% reduction. <laughs> the other thing that we're looking at is that we can offset some of that energy use intensity by generating our own power on site. Uh, and we are working to get a uh, solar installer there on the building pretty soon, and that'll help bring our EUI down to Five or almost zero, which is a net zero energy building, which is really exciting and fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, um, yeah, I cannot wait to see this whole thing come together. The building is beautiful and open, letting in a tremendous amount of light. Um, I, I, I am interested in in a question. Um, I'm a songwriter, and um, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, interpreting. Um, life and and turning it into uh, transforming it into a song. I know Adam uh, here does that as well. And we had this mission statement um, for Bighorn Valley Health Center. And I'm interested in how our mission influenced the design of the building. 
um, sure. how you brought something like that, um, an I like an ideal into something concrete. Yeah. Well, I have to tell a little story. Um, and first of all, we're, we're just really thrilled to be working with Bighorn Valley Health Center. We're just very impressed with the organization. And when uh, Randy and I had been first interviewing, um, it was a phone interview um, with, with Dr. Mark and, and many others. And um, uh, we actually haven't done and designed any health care facilities before. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, we're thinking through, well, what, what, <laughs> what we uh, might do to uh, compensate for that. But um, uh, Randy went out a limb and just said, you know, I hate most healthcare facilities I go to, I, <laughs> and I go to a lot. And um, uh, and then we kind of went to the litany of the reasons why we don't like them typically. And and um, uh, I'm told uh, that on the other side of the line, like people were pumping their fists and they were excited because Bighorn Valley Health Center doesn't want to have the typical healthcare response that we see out there That's for, right. for the facility. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, we wanted to have a building that was really facilitated um, wellness in, in people in a very holistic way. And and so, you know, you mentioned daylight. Uh, that that is that is uh, something that we bring to all of our projects. It's really important to our designs, uh, not only because of a high performance perspective, and then that is important because. Uh, for the typical office building, at least about it, you know, lighting, artificial lighting is the largest energy user in the building, bigger than heating or cooling or anything else. Um, like 30% for office buildings, 37% in schools. Um, I don't know what it is for clinics off end, but it's big. And um, so there's an opportunity for saving energy with this daylight, but there's also um, a lot of research demonstrating that people are much more productive in daylit spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kids do better on standardized tests um, in when they're in the, in the well daylit schools versus those that aren't. Um, uh, you know, big box stores that are daylit have better sales. Um, you know, office workers have better memory retention. Um, and the people just have, a, and then more recently there's been research that people have better mood um and and, and interestingly they found in schools for children that uh they had less tooth decay as well um wow in the the, the most data schools as opposed to those that were not um so this is important for for your for you know the staff but it's also part of a strategy of making this a place that people want to go to um for preventative health care i mean this is this is you know to some degree somewhat optional you know, they could wait until there was an absolute emergency, but we want to create a place that, that people are drawn to, that people find irresistible. And so, yeah, like the um, huge um, waiting room. <laughs> that was the first yeah. thing that struck me. Like, okay, so I go in, in, you know, I was in Canadian, I was involved with Canadian, the Canadian healthcare system, and there's a lot of, um, you know, cramped spaces often. And that's, that's generally almost, Everywhere I've been, when I went in there, I'm like, oh, what? This is a huge waiting room. And, and I thought, that's going to be really amazing yeah. just to, to see that and not feel boxed in. Just to let you guys know, Ed, and uh, 
and Eric, we we went up and picked up some some supplies from Billings this morning and uh, took them to the clinic and uh, did a little walk around <laughs> when we were in there. And I uh, just a just a real quick uh, uh, through that hallway that has 11 and 12 and the procedure room in it and then into uh the big waiting room and I was like so this is the waiting room and Abel was like what (laughs) (laughs) so yeah really cool Uh, go ahead and finish your thought Ed though oh yeah well and that'll be a a segue to to, uh, the piece about flexibility later too in terms of the size of of the waiting room um, as well Um, but views outside too are also really important and and, yeah in terms of giving a, a, a sense of connection to the outdoors and, and changing your focal lengths and things like that, uh, that there's been a lot of research demonstrating the benefits of that. Um, and, you know, so many healthcare facilities, just there's so many rooms that don't have those views and, and daylight. Um, and I guess in terms of the health, also we wanted to make the, the building very accessible visually uh, to the community and in part because it really helps encourage um, people walking or biking to the facility. And so, you know, getting some exercise that, that you know, rather than, than just plunking a, a, a box and surrounded by a parking lot away from the street where it just doesn't feel inviting or that it implies that you'd only go there by, by a vehicular uh, means, um, we wanted to make a space that that uh, a, a place that that was very uh, accessible by uh, by by active transportation, as we call it. So, um, but back to that uh, that large um, uh, waiting space, uh, waiting room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been taken to uh, calling it the waiting gallery. Actually, yeah. when doing walkthroughs, <laughs> there's like so many it, places to wait. <laughs> exactly, and that's and that's that's the point. Is we wanted to provide provide choice to let yeah. patients make their decision to control their experience when they choose to have a primary healthcare visit. And like you were talking about, going to a, uh, a community healthcare center or a primary clinic or the ER, where it's a really cramped waiting room, and you have to make the choice between sitting between the person with a really who's suffering from a, a pretty nasty cough yep. that you don't want to get next to, and or, or the person who's you know cut their hand and might be bleeding all over the place. Right? It's, you want to be able to to choose for your own comfort and your own safety, uh, and to then be able to walk through that gallery space to see some wonderful local art. Like we'll be up on the wall to receive some fun information about how preventive healthcare measures, but to also be able to look out those great windows to uh, see what, you know, they're not installed yet, but some um, fantastic native plants that are going to be outside, some drought-resistant plants, some good street trees out on the street as well, and give you just some wonderful connection to nature right when you, um, before you you meet with your your care provider. Yeah. Um, You know, Ed, I really appreciate you bringing up 
multiple times the term accessible, um, that, that really brings it back to our mission, um, and how the mission did influence the design of this building, because our mission is, uh, to provide accessible quality healthcare for the whole community. Um, and so that is, and, and, you know, you guys know, I mean, we, we were in, quite a bit of meetings at the very beginning of this process. And you guys came to our current building and you walked through the maze. Uh, Uh That is the Wilson building right now where we provide care. And it really does not meet, at least from a physical standpoint, that accessible piece of what we're trying to do. I know accessible means more than just physically accessible, but I really appreciate you guys touching on that point about the accessibility of this new building. Um, and I, and the natural light guys, it's, it's really great. One side of the building waiting room gets natural light. The other side of the building provider space area uh, where the clinical teams are going to be working gets that natural light too. Do you guys want to speak a little bit as to how you got natural light into the very center of the building, into those patient rooms? Oh, yeah. That's the, uh, the fun surprise when you're a new, a new patient coming to visit the clinic is um, you, know, you get directed you know, into the waiting area. You Potentially get picked up by a, a nurse or an MA who will bring you in, handhold into the, uh, the exam room, and that the experience of walking into the exam rooms, I hope, is unlike any experience you've ever had walking into another clinic, where the space opens up before you with um, essentially a, a huge skylight over the top uh, in those exam rooms, bringing in lovely amount of natural light. You can see the clouds moving over top of you. You've got this great connection to nature. Um, and it's just it's got space. You can breathe. You feel like you're you're getting healthy just walking into that space. So we have clusters of skylights bringing in natural light and views and then in the summer during um you know, if it's a really hot day, we can actually open those skylights so we get a natural ventilation flow so you can get a little bit of fresh air oh, that's into wonderful. those spaces as well. <laughs> that is. That's really great. Hey, guys. Um, we are just about at time here. Um, I wanted to thank you both for being willing to come and chat with us. I know we probably didn't get uh, to talk about as much as maybe you guys wanted to. We have a a bunch of other questions here. Uh, Maybe we should get together at a different time and and go over this in a little more depth. But before we end this, Ed and Eric, can you just tell our listeners uh, where they can find High Plains and how they can reach you guys if they need to? Sure. Uh, we're, we're in downtown Billings. Uh, we're on the south side of the tracks in 2720 Minnesota Avenue. And um, But probably the best way to, to uh, find us is to go to www.highplainsarchitects.com and um, just find out a little more about uh, who we are and some of the work we've done in, in communities uh, around in the region. And, um, uh, yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Abel, do you want to take us out here? I do. I just want to say thank you again, um, Ed and Eric, for joining us. It has been a pleasure, and I feel like um, I learned some new things. I'm going to look at this building in a new light, and so 
Well, anybody that listens to this, and I think they're going to see your heart uh, and your passion comes through uh, immensely. Uh, even, I don't know how you're doing that, but you must have um, a, a deep love for what you do. So thank you again. Thank you. We, we love it. And this has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been another episode of The One in Five. Adam, thank you uh, for some of those fantastic questions. Listeners, thank you again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a rural, healthy day. <laughs>